Today's Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. You've heard me talk about Cufflinks before. You know all the awesome, geeky, as well as super high-class products they have. And if you check their homepage, they're always listing a bunch of deals for you. And, of course, I did just tell you one, DVR20. So go ahead and use that. And you know what? You still got to look good, people. We know you got to be careful out there. We still got corona going on, but you can still look good if you're zooming it or even if you're just walking past someone looking outside a window. So head on over to cufflinks.com today. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does, the mayor of Kingstown, baby. My name is Axel. With me, of course, is my dear brother, Mr. Heath Solo. Let's say hello to Heath before I even tell you where to find out about us. What's up, Heath? Hello, everyone. Hello, Axel. And happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, man. I'm sitting here looking at the snow in Portland couple days after the Christmas and such, we're going to be talking about, oh yeah, baby, episode eight of The Mayor of Kingstown, The Devil Is Us, directed again by the awesome Clark Johnson, written, of course, by Taylor Sheridan and Hugh Dillon. We have got- Wait, correction, Axel. Oh, what's that? I, I I noticed through the weeks you're saying Hugh Dillon wrote it. But I don't see him in the credits as the writer. They, well, perhaps because... Do you have some insight? Do you have some insight? Um, well, you know, that's an interesting question because IMDB does credit him. Oh. And um, other places credit him too. And it, you write, you're very, you're, you're right. Because on the credits, it a lot of times just says Taylor Sheridan, right? But yeah. I think because Hugh Dillon is the co-creator of the show with him that they're giving him writing credit. So I just gave it to him, but you're, you, you are right. I think officially, if you checked the, um, the union records, it may be that Taylor Sheridan is like credited with the screenplay. Um, right. But I have been saying Hugh Dillon too. So I figured well, we, we, we hope he is. Yes. He probably is. Yeah. Because we love Hugh Dillon. So That's if we true. can give our, our boys a little more credit, <laughs> they deserve it. Okay, sorry that's, to interrupt you, No, I, that, I, that's totally the way I feel. Um, and that's funny because that is rolling into... Well, first off, I should say, if you're new to the podcast, because I did do a little, a little bit of promotion stuff this week, and I actually found a Facebook page called mayor of Kingstown fans. And I joined it and the admin, let me put a little post, you know, telling about the podcast. So if you're coming in from there, we appreciate you shout out to the Facebook post, go out and just search mayor of Kingstown on Facebook and you'll find it under groups. Um, we, they've been having some great discussions actually this morning. They were talking about what happened with Cherry? Why did she take out Sam? What's going on? Which we're going to get into, but I want to give them a shout out. And also over on Twitter, um, I kind of did a little uh, little work there and said, hey, you know, we're doing the pod. And blah. I had a really interesting dude, Mike's 
at Mike's Moneys, I think, misanthropic humanist on Twitter, uh, wrote back when I talked about the um, podcast, and they had a lot to say about the town that the show is shot in because they live there. Oh, nice. Yes. I love it. So I'll read. He says, FYI, a lot of the show is filmed in my city, Hamilton, Ontario. Know many of these locations extremely well. Mike's office is on Queenston Street near Parkdale. Kingston PD Station is on Barton Street. And the actual building is a Serbian church community center. Very interesting. Continues. Got back a couple days later and says, I'm up to your Orion episode. And loving the podcast. Thank you. The prison scenes, Bunny Place, and that car crash are all Kingston, Ontario shooting locations. Mother, most of the other stuff, like I mentioned before, city driving shots, opening bridge shots, that's Hamilton, Ontario. The Peckerwoods Trucking Yard, Duke, Duke's <laughs> Trucking Yard, right, is actually my wife's co-worker's dad's trucking yard fueling station Marshall Trucking in Hamilton, Ontario, and that's Lake Ontario playing Lake Michigan. Both Hamilton and Kingston are on Lake Ontario. Hamilton is on the South Shore. Waterfront industrial scenes are along Hamilton Harbor, and Kingston is on the North Shore of Lake Ontario where the real prison is located. Oh, and he says, forgot to mention that pizza shop location Around mm-hmm. the corner from my mother-in-law's. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He says... Well, I got it. Wait, oh, sorry. Con- I'm sorry. Just continue. Still There's rem- more. Oh, yep. good. Still remember when they had streets coned off with skyjack lifts parked everywhere preparing for the shoot the next few nights. That is awesome. Thank you, misanthropic humanist Mike's Monies. That was some great feedback. It's so awesome to know that stuff. Thank you. Oh, I love it. And a little shout out to Hamilton. My daddy solo, my dad, huge Hamilton Tiger Cats fan, as we're CFL fans. But sorry, guys, I'm a Winnipeg fan and we beat you the last two Grey Cups. So uh, I just you know, want to throw that out there because I don't get much CFL Canadian Football League discussion, but only between me and my dad, because we that my dad's been a fan for his whole life. And I've been a fan of winnipeg since 1984 so uh there's not a lot of cfl fandom here in southern california so i just had to throw that out there yeah that's cool man that is really awesome dude that's a great that was great stuff man i i love i love hearing that me too oh that's cool thanks again and uh please feel free to fill us in on any of the other locations or any other experiences you've had you know, I was just saying on fa- I'm a part of this great Facebook group called Crew Stories. And uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, join that group. If you're ever on the old Facebook, if you're an old person like me, um, I love, <laughs> me. that's so cool, you know, because that's the great thing that both of us love, Heath, about film and TV is that what's on the screen is just as exciting as how they make it. And, you know, just him talking about having like lights ready and things, you know, getting ready for that street. That's really awesome. 
I'd love to be a part of that. You could just imagine how much fun they have shooting it. Just like we had another great Mike pulls up onto Bunny's um, yard again this week. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, we got to create a YouTube uh, like video of all the times he does that. But um, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, man. Let's get into it. The devil is us. All right. um, what did you think of this episode? I mean, it's, I think it's, it, it would uh, definitely everything's coming together, man. Yeah. I mean, this episode, a few things really quick shocked me. Didn't see some things coming, <laughs> especially Pete getting whacked. Uh, that whole sequence, a uh, lot, you know, the stuff in the prison, of course, we'll get to. Um, and but I will say, you know, one thing I love about Taylor Sheridan and at the end of the pod, we're going to talk a little 1883 um, because I realize the stuff that gravitates me, these shows is the amazing realism and the details in the directing. There's so many great details. Like you, you get trapped into this world and it just everything is so organized. Like that's why I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino, David Fincher. They're very detailed. And, and, and what I mean is like every shot means something. There's a reason for everything. Now, finally, after this episode, we can triple confirm why they did the teaser with Milo staring at the auction and his land. Like, we're like, why do they show this now? What, what does this mean? And, and, and now we're getting there and it just, I, I'm just, I, this episode was probably the best of the season for me. Uh, I thought it was fantastic, but every, I love every episode. So that's going to be tough, but this one really episode eight Axel right now, this episode got me and I was like, Holy crap, because there are so many different things that, that shifted in this episode that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Like, yeah, like I, I mean, you put it, you put it succinctly, bro. This is something I was thinking about before we started the podcast is we had not described this show as a mystery, right? We had said mm -hmm. it's, you know, cops and robbers. Um, we, we've talked about like the gangland aspects, but really the mystery of what Milo is doing and what started this whole thing, which was sending Mitch out to get that money, right? Which ends right. up in the safe, which ends up with him getting robbed, which begins our whole story is still a mystery to us still to this very moment. Like at the end of this episode, Perry turned to me and she goes, Oh, that was a great episode. I said to her, that was a great episode. She's like, yeah, but they started the bus thing and then they never went back to it. And I was like, yeah, I like that. And it mm -hmm. really is a mystery here. They, they did a great job of <clears throat> like, usually these shows don't mix that like that. And they've done a fantastic job of keeping that central mystery mythology at the heart of it the whole time while still being able to build everything else around it. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm a huge I mean, I'm a big procedural fan. I love cop shows. The Law and Order franchise is one of my all time favorite. I, I love them all. And 
I know what I'm getting with that. And sometimes through the seasons, and I think it's one of the reasons why law and order organized crime is, is so good right now. They change kind of the format a little bit and SVU has been able to go on for so long is they add arcs like that. They add some mystery, but Mindhunter, the wire mayor of Kingstown does it the best. And, and it's not just a procedure. It's, it's beyond procedural because you know, it's not one case one week it's done. I, I, there's so much more to it. And I think once people start watching it, they're going to get hooked yeah. because they're going to be like, Oh my God, this is not what I expected. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, might be like, Oh, okay. It's a cop show prisons, whatever. But if you know, Taylor Sheridan, our boy, Hugh Dillon, and you know what they're creating, it ain't going to be just some flimsy show. So, you know, jump on for the ride. If you're listening to this, you're in. <laughs> jump <So>. on, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to it, baby. We got a lot to talk about. Um, but two things we don't have a lot to talk about, I should say, are we didn't get a lot of Miriam this episode. Actually, no Miriam. We didn't get all. any. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah. And we got just Kyle was kind of just in scenes with Mike. We didn't get any like Kyle scenes, no wife, nothing like that. This was pretty much all what was happening at the prison or what was happening with Mike and Iris. Um, so very on point, as we said, we pick up where we left off and I noticed something strange, <laughs> which is in the, in the last week on when in the episode last week, when Mike knocked, like banged on whatever was in the ground, it sounded very mm-hmm. hollow. Right. And I described yeah. it like it was a, um, uh, like a big metal case on like a container right under mm-hmm. the ground, like a well or something. Turns out it's a bus, but in the pre in the coming a tr- in like last week when he knocks on it, it's like he's knocking on wood. Like they wanted to trick you real quick before they showed you the bus. <laughs> um, but it was a slight little editing thing, which I think was kind of neat, but um, it was in fact a bunch of bodies, but it wasn't, like human trafficking or something that I maybe thought, or we had talked about it's James Parker, the serial killers victims. And this was like out of, out of left field and made me so happy that they were tying these things together. I thought this was awesome. Yeah. I was expecting a, like a Halliburton case, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and we end up getting a bus full of 26 dead bodies. Larry H. Parker, the attorney, I mean, James Parker, all his missing victims. And we, we should talk because I want to talk. So, he, you know, he goes and meets the lawyer later and gets answers. According to the lawyer. So then this is where the mystery key, where I get confused at what Milo is expecting, because it turns out. There is a case with 14 million of bearer bonds yep. that the feds would know what to do with. Maybe it's a big payoff to help him with his mm-hmm. sentence. Okay. So that is Milo's land, correct? He owns that land. Yep. And it's going up for auction. So that's why. I'm I'm thinking, well, he's got to know the bodies are buried there, whether he had some deal with Parker or whoever. 
But why send him for the 200K and not the 14 million at the beginning of the show? Is it because he thinks Mike would get the metal detector and find the bus before the case? Or is the case still there? Are they tricking him? That's it's so <laughs> That's the thing, man, right? That's where this is like a mystery show and the, this is a really good mystery. I I can I can only hypothesize that Milo initially wanted Mitch to find the 14 million, but he somehow mistakenly found the 200,000. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. It's really a mystery to me. Now I can figure out that the bus having the DA guy, remember this is now they identify the bodies initially by Evelyn Foley, my namesake character, yeah, from the DA's office, saying that's his daughter, right? Like that's what who she identifies by right. the hair. And that's how, yeah, and that's how it leads them to say these are James Parker's victims. So, is does that play into how Milo is going to get out of prison? Like, you know, is, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is that why he did it? To satisfy that DA? But then it's too late. They killed the guy. Yeah. And, and when he went to send the 200 grand, there was a distinct map of where the 200 yeah, K was. Yeah. So I don't know if he sent them for the 14 mil just yet. That's why this is so calculating. And then the whole thing where Evelyn tells Mike, you know, you're, you're looking like a patsy. And he, Mike goes, I know. And he feels like he's being set up. But And I'm thinking, what is there to set up? He's not the serial killer. He told them, hey, I went to go get money. He told me to go get the money. And I found this. So I, I'm just wondering what the setup is. And, you know, and Mike knows something's going on. Evelyn sees it off the bat. I'm just wondering what all this leads to is one of those bodies. Someone might killed in the past. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it could be anything. I'm just trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And that's one great thing is that we can't nail this down. Once you think, okay, he's going to get a case. Something's in it. He finds dead bodies. Now it's a whole, and then the whole thing with, had they found these bodies before the execution, would, would the, there would have been a stay of execution, right? Yeah, because, exactly. And that's because he would have been charged. Exactly. And that's what the gentleman from the DA's office came to Mike's office to talk to request from him. Right. 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 Which he dropped the ball on. And or we didn't see able to see off camera that he wasn't able to do anything. It doesn't we didn't see him try at all, even, right? Um, so there's that kind of thing going on with Mike too. Is that the setup? That's what I, that's the only, cause you're right. When he said, I feel like I'm being set up. I thought to myself, okay, you feel like you're being set up, but you're not telling us how. So is that because you too don't know how it just doesn't feel right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like Lando. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Like, <laughs> That's I think Ando said it too. Yeah, yeah that's true. Ando and Lando, baby. Um, 
So maybe that's what we are to infer is just that this has the hallmarks of a situation in which you end up on the wrong side of things. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Crime of the century, baby. But it it really, it's amazing because, you know, Mike, I mean, I don't think anyone knew when he was trying to um, get James Parker to confess and all that, or try to get him on, you know, the fact that, I mean, they didn't know if Milo was involved, of course, because now on his land, I mean, it's just, it just is like, why, what connection now? I mean, there's evidently a connection uh, because no one's burying a bust on Milo's land without his knowledge. Listen, right? man. And it, yeah, it's, con- I, I don't know. I, I really, you know, I used to do the Lost Mythos theory cast, Westworld theory cast. I don't have a strong theory for this. I'm, I, I really tried to think mm-hmm. it out. And, and the reason why is because I'm not sure what happened yet on purpose and what was by accident. Right. There you go. So, and that's where Milo's remember when he like jumped the gun, of course, and we, we talked about this every episode, but when, you know, he killed the feds, it was like, this isn't, this is not how Milo thinks he's evil, but he, you know, now this seems like more the calculated Milo thing. And I love the fact, honestly, that we can't just figure it out. I this, do too. I really like, you know, I mean, you, you feel like, okay, am I, am I not as smart? I mean, cause we, I watch many shows and we, you could figure things out pretty quick. And I love when twists happen and I don't. And I think too, again, I've said this last week when a show's so good and you get lost into it, you, I'm think I'm not thinking of podcasting and theory. I'm thinking I'm, I'm a fan of the show and I'm in it with them and I'm trying to think, but, but I'm not thinking I'm not overanalyzing and stuff. So even when I try to, you know, analyze it after I've seen it, it's still tricky and I'd love that. And, yeah. and it just, it just makes me want more. It, it definitely, I remember in the first episode we were talking about this show has a quality where the minutia and the process of the police work or Mike's job draws you into it, right? And right. that's what this mystery is doing. And I think it's actually pretty interesting that we are like two episodes left and it's kind of revealing itself that that is really the central mystery of this entire thing. And that it's done a good job of disguising it through amazing characters and creating this world. Um, But we've got to find out what Milo's up to, or as his lawyer calls him, Milo. Milo. (laughs) I like the way the lawyer is like Milo. And then, and then Mike is like Milo. Like he's almost (laughs) kind of telling like, I'm not going to pronounce it your way. Punk. God, and he peed man. his pants. The lawyer peed yep. his pants. Yeah, man. Jeremy Renner is so good. <laughs> so good. Brilliant. You know, they had the finale of Hawkeye, which was a lot of fun. But I hope people are like, they need their Renner injection for the week. So they come on over. Gotta get your Renner fixed, this. man. Yeah, man. I mean, you can you only know. watch the music videos on YouTube so much. And, you know, it's the <laughs> acting that really gets you. Um, right, right. But after... Mike, we move from one mystery to another. 
because after Mike meets up with Milo's lawyer and roughs him up, which another awesome scene, um, we see that Mike goes and meets with Bunny. We get the drive up like we talked, but this is not, this didn't feel right either. Bunny nope. was acting funny. He seemed a little suspicious or, and I mean, I think we figure out later, he knew what was going to happen at the prison. Right. Both things that were going to happen at the prison, mm-hmm. um, prisons, and he was playing Mike. And this was great too, because they did a great job of, of Jeremy Renner giving reaction shots. Like they sit there and talk and they don't really say much, but the camera jumps back and forth, back and forth. And each time you catch Jeremy Renner in a face, that's like, what am I supposed to be doing something or like just quizzical almost. And Bunny's like, no, everything's good. You know, Hey man, you know, soon they'll be having their cable. They got their cable back and blah, you know, they're joking, right? You know, they're out of lockdown. Everything's cool. And Mike gets up and leaves, and then Bunny kind of looks it at his boy there, and we know that something's up. We later find out Bunny obviously helps him with Iris, but he knew what was going on. So it's interesting that Mike leaves one situation where he feels like he's a patsy, and he walks right into another one where he definitely is, <laughs> like yeah, being used. Yeah, and that look by Bunny at the end, we haven't seen that mean look towards Mike uh, in a while. Maybe it was just the moment thing. Um, I've never really seen that. Like, he just has this mean scowl. Um, A question for you about this, because, yeah, we, we know Bunny's got something. You know, the fact that I think the fact that he wasn't asking for anything, there was nothing to resolve threw Mike off a little bit. But my question for you is, do you think Mike in that moment figured out something's going on and he was almost going to question him on it and be like, don't do it. But he kind of, he didn't this time. He like, let it go. And I don't know if he thought, Oh wow, cool. I got a break here. I got to go deal with something else. Or was Mike, do you think Mike's wheels were turning? And was like, wait a minute, I don't trust what's going on, but I can't call him out right now because I'm outnumbered again and you never know. I, I so think what he is somebody, he, You think so? Yeah, because he says to Ed on the phone. Um, lock it down. Yeah, lock it down. Exactly. And he also says to Duke later, I know you're going to kill a guard. Right. Right. So I think that it was a case of him maybe not saying anything to bunny because they had become friends right they he had he maybe he just didn't want to i don't i mean we we see through this episode mike is not really thinking right you know he i think he is everything is coming to a head with him and he's not really in control and what happens later with taking out Duke and all the Nazis is indicative of that because that's not, he's not supposed to do that, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I think he just was afraid 
and because of their friendship, and that was maybe part of those awkward looks, it makes me, thinking back, it makes me look at it that way, you saying it to me like that, you know? I, I think he did know, because it's that call to Ed, and it's, let's put him on lockdown. He's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, the 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 um, uh, the warden is being all feely, touchy-feely, you know? He thinks they're, yeah. they're going to work together. And they, he and Ed sees the, them all planning something. No soldiers. They're just talking. And that's, he goes, <laughs> that means they're talking about us. Yeah, which is right. <laughs> and he was right. He was right. So I think that bunny. He read the room. He read the room he, he like totally he told the warden right. last week. Yep, he did. And I think that bunny scene, gosh, man, I'd like to watch it again and just see those little cuts that uh, that had a lot of meaning there because I think you're right. I think he just didn't want to say, like, don't do it, you know? Yeah, he does that with Pete, of course, because Pete, you know, it it really comes through how what happened to them in prison. They had to watch each other's back. Mm -hmm. He became part of the tribe. But it was prison did that. It wasn't by choice, you know, so, you know, because Pete's always like, don't forget where you came from and all that. And he's more harsh with Pete. Well, you know, with Bunny, he does at the beginning of the season, does run the car through the fence. <laughs> but but it's different because of their relationship. It's interesting because, you know, he could have said, you know, did the whole don't do it, but he didn't. And I'm like. And part of me was like, does he know this is going to happen and he can't stop it? He doesn't want it to happen. But does he like at this point, I got too much on my plate. I don't give a fuck. I need a fresh start. Let it fucking happen. I got to get out of here. You know, I, you know, there's so many emotions going through Mike's head. And like you said, he's a little off. He's not in control. So <laughs> there's so much on him. Think about everything in this show, brother having a baby, you know, mom <laughs> wants, you know, troubles with mom, the whole Iris thing. And then I'm thinking with the Iris thing, was this the setup the whole time? <laughs> and it's really getting Mike off his game and screwing him up. But I, I, I mean, I'm wondering if Joe, the Russian sending Iris to Pete thinking Mike would find her. And I'm thinking, Pete selling Iris to the to the Bloods wasn't part of the plan. So, but then that detour was weird. It looked like that was set up. I know though, it's you know it, it's it <sighs> I, I, solo. It is very mysterious <laughs> because Ray Mysterio. That is you hit on the thing that was the most suspect of all because. We are always questioning Iris. And even though seeing what happened to her, Ugh. the way she's being used by these fucking Nazis, men and women alike, right? Because it's the woman that really breaks her, right? Um, right. Is terrible. It's heartbreaking. It's disgusting. It's stomach churning. And you wouldn't think that Iris would allow this to happen to herself, right? You wouldn't think that she would, that Milo would even think that this could be a plan. Right. But it's kind of the way 
Russian Joe, as you call him, uh, <laughs> spoke her up. Right, a lot, and then they even made titles. still in the back of my mind, yeah. Axel. Yep, Along still in the back of my mind was the name of the episode, last episode, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. it, it. There are many hints that this was the plan, and when when the show started, we thought this was the plan, and it has come full circle. And who knows that Milo wanted the duke and the big tall dumb uh, uh what is he called tall beard or something <laughs> oh, yeah you know, i'll call him whatever the fuck i want to call long beard um, um long beard or what? that he's taken that he didn't want them taken out because think you know i might actually be i'm thinking like i said before selling iris to the bloods wasn't part of the plan but maybe it was because the crypts are ready in the van following them and i like how the the bloods van is a, like a maroon and theirs yeah, is no. more blue i like I, really, I like how yeah. the yeah but like because they're in the neighborhood the detour looks like it was fake i mean it looked like it was it like very what, much what, did. like they didn't expect it they didn't expect it they were trying to go straight to get out of the neighborhood and they had to go through and you see all the crypts in their yards and stuff but then you know i i can't think of vans always waiting for in case someone comes, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the security plan is in a, you know, crypt neighborhood. But the fact that 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 van was right on them to begin with. Um, mm, I, the whole thing just was seems suspect, like dude. Especially yeah. the police. It was like one of those godfather, like at the last minute, the cop comes out and is like, go down that road. You know right, I mean? right. Like he just got there <laughs> yeah, in yeah. time because he got the call from Milo, you know. Um, and what, what, but what, actually, what happens if Mike gets there five minutes early and sees Iris there during the transaction, though? Probably the same thing that happened eventually, right? Without the inner, without the Crips and Bloods being involved in it. Um, and which is what makes me think, why didn't that happen? That's why I can't. I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Be careful. Iris's, Iris's plan ended the moment Joe beat the shit out of her in the, in the okay. strip club. I think it was okay. up to that point. Everything was on plan. And that's when Milo was like, fuck it. I'm making the plan now. She, Milo get, changed the plan. Yeah, and this was part of Milo's plan. Right, I but think, not, of course. Yeah. Yeah, ex- and I think that's where you're right, except selling her. I think he figured that eventually Mike would cross paths with Duke at this house and he'd see. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, but yet the setup, the setup just seems, but you know, the setup could not be about Iris and Milo. The setup could have been a deal between the Nazis and the Crips. Think about that. Cause they know they're coming to the love shack. And so Duke and everyone knows that maybe it's a, a deal with the Crips and they set that up. Maybe that wasn't a Milo thing. I don't know. That's just another option. Yeah. It's, it could, it could be, it could be. And Mm. I don't, I wonder if we're talking about this, I wonder if we're going to get, I mean, it's all about Milo, right? 
are we yeah, going to get that's a scene deep, where yeah. where he does? And it, it's just it's so little fingerish, isn't it? Oh my God, Jesus, Sansa, I got but you. It is just, I'm going to show you. He, you know, master of secrets, right? Like, and, and another interesting thing was where the lawyer says Milo's been in jail for nine years in solitary. So that he really is on lockdown. Now, obviously, we saw him with a phone and he we know how the prisons work. He has privileges. Right. But he definitely is that higher level, right? Higher class criminal, high security. So it right. I, I, I think him working with the D.A. guy that being involved with the body i'm going more along that route that's like one mystery but then the mystery of why he's doing all this to mike and if mitch was involved too because see yeah the mitch thing ian says it right either ian or kyle i can't remember says at did did oh no kyle says it where they're walking away from the bus. And he says, did Mitch know about this? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. He says something like, is, didn't you got, is, did you got you, Mitch, did Mitch find this when he came out to get the thing? Or he says something like that, or is this, does it, is there a past here that's mentioned at some point? And Mm. I, that's where it comes to me that this is like a long gestating thing. Right. Yeah. That no, we will. Maybe. I'm from, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, guess I was so just going to say maybe from the very beginning of why Mitch Milo and the serial killer, James Parker, maybe there was in the same way it's ending like this. Maybe it began like that. And hmm. whatever in they're entrenched in. And Mike is an unwilling kind of accomplice because of his brother and his involvement right. in the family business. And perhaps even I'm going to ha- I'm going to throw in a crazy theory that just popped in my head. Oh, I like this. Go. Maybe Miriam knows something about this. Mm. And that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons she's trying to protect Kyle from. Yeah. Maybe she from, knows some secrets Mike. about what happened with Mitch that even Mike doesn't know. I got to believe she knows more. There's got to be. She's too smart of a woman and too close to this to not know things. I mean, I know she doesn't know everything, but she knows her sons. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't think she's she's not stupid. Now, what kind so of So that's cre- a great point. Is the show this show? I don't think is as crazy as like a Sons of Anarchy. But if it was like Sons of Anarchy, I would say, imagine next episode we get a scene where Miriam is talking to Milo in prison, and we realize that she's in charge the whole time. Of of course, of course, yeah. (laughs) If it was Sons or yeah, something probably right. It would be like that was her lover, right? Like, or she brought Milo up, and then all of a sudden she's got like a Russian accent. Um. (laughs) jeez that would be funny but yeah dude it's it's multi-layered and i it's hard to figure out but the only thing i can think of is if everything if all of these things are 
interweaved here, then maybe that's the impetus. Like Milo knew where some bodies were. Mitch got, Mitch was the one who dug the hole and buried the bus because Parker had also killed the D and like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there could, it could be something. There's gotta yeah. be something there. And yeah. And I think with, I, I really do believe Milo's big game with, was with Iris. He knew how to get to Mike. He beat the crap out of Joe, the Russian got, you know, that's, the test he passed in Milo's eyes. Okay. He cares about her. And then now I really do believe shipping her to the Nazis. It was going to be Mike finding her there yeah. and taking them out. I, I think that you're right uh, about that. That makes Milo sense to me because why, why out of all the places he could ship them to, you know, and, and I don't know now that, we really find out Milo or Milo has <laughs> been in solitary confinement and, it, and, and is stuck there. Could he be at the same prison? I thought it was maybe a different prison because it was like, well, why wouldn't he be one of the heads? Well, cause he's in solitary. They wouldn't yeah. let him out. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's a different you know, the whole, prison. Okay. Yeah. I, that's where I was leaning towards, but I, you know, uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so um, I, I just don't know if they're focused on one prison. I mean, they made the big statement in the world building, how many prisons yeah, are in the yeah. mile radius. So are we, I, you know, like we had talked about the different colors of the prison and the shot. Yeah. So it might be so. Um, oh, well, a lot of mysteries here in Kingstown. Yeah. Yeah. Mysteries of Kingstown. I, I'm digging it though. And I, I, I could see we knew when when the show started that there was a history right and we knew that with mitch being taken out it was a kind of a clever plot contrivance because it takes out all the history and leaves us with kind of mike jeremy renner who's really just a man of action right we see him do things do things do things very little talk about or or analyzation or whatever. It's like, we got to do it. Go do it. Go here. Go there. It's so so much action. Could we get, and I mean, maybe it's just because I want it. I still would like a flashback where we have like Kyle Chandler and Milos talking to each other. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now it's Milos. Milos. I'm, adding, I'm making a new name now. Um, they're kind of chatting, you know, and then all of a sudden James Parker walks in and he's like, I took him out, boss. Blah, blah. I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I, I got, there's a history here and we're going to figure it out because we're seeing the end of something, not the beginning. Right. Um, yeah. I, I hope there is, but like in loss, we wanted to see Inman and his, yeah, that's true. <laughs> his buddy in the hatch Yeah. we yeah. thought, remember we wanted that. We did get some Dharma stuff though. We did get some good. No, we got a lot of Dharma stuff. We got a, um, a lot of good stuff. Let's talk about the prison because while, this great mystery is happening. The show must go on. And Mike's real job, which is supposed to be to keep shit going well at the prison, he's totally failing at that too. We talked about his conversation with Ed, but then we see what goes down with Cherry and Sam. 
We knew Sam was going to fall for something. It happened quicker than I thought and in a different way than I thought. Were you surprised that she starts killing him with the pen? Well, okay, so I was lost in the moment of what was happening with the fit. You knew she was faking the appendix. Um, And then the classic Oz, (laughs) no cameras near that stairwell. So I knew, okay, it was a sex thing. I didn't think she was going to kill him at that time. No, but I knew she was affiliated and she had a job to do. And I don't know if it was to frame him or to kill him, but the fact that she killed him didn't surprise me, but it, I didn't think she was going to be the one to kill him, you know, and they set it up talking about prison. Don't, you know, just cause it's a woman's prison. It does, you know, they act the same as men and sure yeah. enough, she takes him out and the piranha stabbing that goes on in prison oh, with a pencil. I mean, I feel, you know, the kid was an idiot, but I, I feel bad for him. Of course, of course, because, he just got sucked in and, you know, people telling him, but it's like telling a teenager or a 20 something, Hey, don't do this. Trust me. Ah, they're going to do what they want to do. He's evidently following with a second head, but man, I mean, she just switches, takes him out. And then the fact that she's going to play it off as she got raped, um, you know, and she was self-defense, whether or not that sticks, it sure looks convincing. Oh, definitely. You know, she's going there with her pants down and running. And then even like her change in her demeanor, like she's like the plan's working. And then then she starts crying. It's just like, oh, dude, I just women are powerful. (laughs) You, You can't underestimate them. They're smarter than us. And they know they know how to get you when 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 they need to. I mean, I'm not saying all. I'm not saying women are evil. <laughs> so nothing. Yes. Yeah. So, so like, like, no, but so no, but the like women don't get you. No, but you're yeah, right. The women dude, will get, you're yeah, right. And no, this, no, no. But like, and hey, I have to admit, say both of us were probably. I mean, I too was like, okay, they're getting it on, and she's sexy. You know what I'm saying? And I, as a man, was thinking a little bit maybe more about that than you know what I'm saying. What's her nice leg showing? And bam. I thought she was maybe going to try to, in the same way that her friend was taking video of him staring at her, remember, with the phone? Mm. Oh, yeah. I thought that they were just building a case and she was going to use like his semen and say, he raped me by this semen, right? Like you can, you know. Well, that, yeah, she wanted that to happen. Right. But now she is going to do that, but also she killed him. Um, yeah, and she gave him a little another kind of this. They're they're maybe we're inventing them, but there are a lot of Game of Thrones tie in here. She was kind of like the Lannister sent me, right? She was like my friends <laughs> yeah, say yeah. hello. Jamie Lannister says hello. Yeah, so whatever. Right. She's definitely affiliated. This was part of it. Bunny knew this was going to happen. I one hundred percent think that Bunny knew that this was going to happen in the exact. I think way I it think happened. he. Yeah, I think. Personally, and that goes back to the Bunny Mike non-conversation of, of, of exchange of looks and stuff. Bunny knew this was happening. This was revenge for, you know, beating the hell out of his boy 
getting you know and dying the guy the let yeah shooting the guy this was i mean this was this was retribution and it was it was in the works way before um i mean mike i mean bunny even told him they're taking it to the streets but it happened inside the walls but you know bunny warned mike he warned mike you know as good as their friends and love to talk about constellations like i said before business and this goes this goes bigger than their friendship unfortunately because even outside the walls in this town of kingstown it's it's all connected and you got to you got to go with your tribe first versus you know friend unfortunately versus a good friendship they may have taking his son to ho- uh, his nephew to hockey his cousin to hockey whatever it is um but it, it, it comes down to protecting your own and you know, unfortunately, that comes first in this town. Uh, so most definitely, man, most definitely. Yeah, this this is about so many things than the power in the prison. And you know what I mean? And the illusion that is that what happens in the prison, that the prison and the streets are somehow different, are not connected. Right. Like Mike saying that, like, it's going to come out here. Yeah. Hey, Mike. It's already out here. You know what I mean? Like, guess what you did? You found Iris. You picked her up. You took her back to Dukes and you murdered everybody. Yeah. You brought I it mean, back he- here. You know what I mean? Like there is, there, it never wasn't connected. And the idea that you were not like Mike's it was said at one point when he was talking to Duke, it's like, I'm never going back. Right. Never. Yeah, and he and, does. He puts the gun to his throat, <sighs> to his chin. What I was, was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you see what? Well, mm, man, I think a couple things, Axel. With that, one, he had to. I mean, Duke for the first time, somebody grabs Mike and puts his arm yep. to his throat, and that hasn't happened. Um, so that was a big thing, and I think that diffused it. Like even when Duke's like, "Don't do it here." Like it was such a, he was so good in that moment. But the thing is also, I think Mike is in that mindset. He wants out so bad. He's doing this because he feels he has to, but yet he's all over the map and and, it wouldn't be surprised. He's suicidal. Look at his actions. He just goes into restaurants, grabs people, beats the shit out of them. He does things. He doesn't care. He tells the feds everything. I mean, eventually someone's going to try to take him up. And that's what I'm afraid of. Someone's going to try to take him up because you, you can't just kill the Aryan brotherhood, like (laughs) members, you know, or the Nazis and, and and just think nothing's going to happen. I mean, you murdered them in cold blood. Um, that was. <laughs> did you did you think that he was going to do that, or did that catch you off yeah. guard? No, I knew it. I knew it because Mike's mindset. He doesn't wait. He goes and he gets. To, that's how he gets the upper hand. Yep, man of action. He, yeah. You know, it's like it's like yeah, it's like being in a fight. If you know the fight's coming, you better you better throw the first punch and hope the guy goes down because if you let him throw the first punch, you're already at a disadvantage. Yeah. And I knew he I thought he was gonna get out of the car and shoot him, but I didn't think he'd shoot through the windshield. 
But I mean, that moment when Iris starts freaking out because she knows where she is going, it's just like oh. he just Mike just needed a reason though because he wanted to take Duke out big time. Um, and, and, and but what is that? What, what does this do? I mean, talk about being set up, and you're a patsy. You're being set up now by t- mm-hmm. by taking care of Iris and doing the things you're doing. It's going to get him killed. Exactly. And Milo knows it. Exactly. And there is an interesting, there's something interesting about when Mike killed everybody. First off, I've been saying all the time, he's a crook. He is a crook. That's his crew, right? Mike is not on the side of the cops. He's a criminal. And the whole scene when he was talking to Duke and put the gun under and said, I'm not going back and got a weird, crazy look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And do kind of laughed at him. Oh, 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 sure. Because you already, you never left, Mike. You're still in prison. Prison right. is a state of mind, baby. And yes, he, it is. That prison. I mean, not to be excited about that, to say baby. Yes. But <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> but right? yes, it, no, it's damn right. It, it is it, a state of mind. It lives You're inside t- his head. Yes. Yeah. It just doesn't go away when you get released. Yes. I hate to say it. And I mean, that, I don't, you know. Yeah, we don't, don't know this, but we watched a lot of TV, people, okay? Yeah, we watched a lot of TV. Keith doesn't know about being in prison, but he's played a prisoner on television. That's right. <laughs> you have. You've well, played criminals. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, i played plenty of criminals. Yeah. So, that's true. Um, I think that that's kind of the point, right? And yeah. you're right. He keeps on saying, I'm being set up. I'm being entrapped or blah, blah, blah. And then he sets himself up. There was yeah. when he kills everybody, he he shoots uh, Dookie, he shoots tall beard, long beard or whatever it long is. beard, yeah. yeah. Ormond's giant Spain or wolf beard. Spain or <laughs> and um, the ent, and then he goes down the hallway. He hears something. He shoots the woman. I think that's the woman who runs. Well, he shoots the, the guy in the back. You right. Shoots the guy, uh-huh. and then in the kitchen. And then he goes back, the door shuts, he gets, he does with the shotgun, he shoots a hole yes. through and you hear a body drop. Exactly. I mean, what a great, what a great sh- sequence that was though. But he goes in there like, like he, if he gets killed, fuck it. It doesn't matter. He, yeah. Like he was, he, he was on a mission because the guy in the kitchen could have easily shot him. Like he, he, he got him, but, um, well, this you is know. how Jeremy Renner won his Oscar by being like having the ability to act like nothing's happening in the most tense situation <laughs> ever, right? Like he's good Her at locker, that. Baby. He's really good at yeah. that. Um, and in Hawkeye, he does a great job of that too, right? Like things are blowing around and he just whoop, shoots an arrow backwards. That's kind of his signature. But I want to say, after he picks up the shotgun from the other guy, he shoots the woman and he's walking out and there's like a little sound but then he leaves, right? Like, was that the sound of the woman? Was there someone else in the house? All I'm saying is it's possible that if this is some kind of setup that some he left someone behind and that someone can identify him or has video or something, it just does seem strange that our very first thought with Iris and it was very obvious that her job was to ensnare Mike into doing something bad. And right. that's it. And like you said, that's exactly what happened. So it, it is kind of, it's, it's a little strange, but it was shocking. I did not think he was going to do that. I thought he was just going to, 
when he pointed in the split second that his arm shoots up inside the car, I thought he was just going to hold the gun on Milo while he gets out of the car and then pistol whip him. And then the, Duke, 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 I'm sorry, Duke. And then the, you know, tree beard would come over and he'd hit him. And then the girl would come. I thought it was just going to turn into a scene. The efficiency and deadly venom in which he murders everyone so quickly just makes it plain to us that he's always been a criminal. That's the world he lives in. That's why he was comfortable with Bunny. And also, he hates the fucking Nazis. Whatever happened in prison, whatever he had to do to, to stay alive in prison, he blames them more right. than he blames the other guys. Right. Right? He has 100%. more venom. His enemies were the Crips, were Bunny, but he doesn't blame them. He doesn't have this venom for them. He has it for the Nazi guys that he had to partner up with. And right. I Ven think venom is the perfect word. Yeah. Axel. Great job by you. Yeah. I mean, but and, and that it, he just needed a reason. Yeah. He needed a reason. And you, you could tell this was a long time coming. That's why he did it. He goes, all right. He knew once he, once he, once bunny, you know, you know, you know, secured her. And then he came in and, and, and got Iris like he, he that was it. He was going to yeah. do it. And that's where the criminal in him, because regardless whether, okay, because you could watch it and justify, oh, they're bad guys. That's, you know, they had, they, they had, it, it, it was coming to them, but you still can't just go and shoot up. No, you know, no. that's, that's a crime. Yes, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's murder. murder. That's cold. Blood. That's murder. Yeah. Yes. It's a thing called murder. Yeah. A little thing. This thing Though called I murder. <laughs> I will say I in a town like Kingstown, they, <laughs> um, I think it's it is conceivable that Ian and Kyle would work to cover that up. It's conceivable. I mean, they are fucking not. But it could it be too you know? big. Could it be too big though? Could be for them to. You know, I mean, you know, you know, I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, Either way, know. he did it. It's done, and he heads off with Iris into the hills. She gives us our little speech where the devil is us, which is totally true. Love the title of this episode. Yeah. She's because she says it too. She says, you know, I did this, right? I made this choice because of what happened to me with my stepfather, as she explained. She says to Mike, you're the devil. You're not my savior. She doesn't look at him like you're my savior. You're still a scumbag who just murdered everybody. Yeah, I think that that was, whoo, man, that was because it was like you get that moment of hope when he's like, I drive out here. I'll tell you why. And then the phone goes, no service. Yeah, and that was a fun moment. That was, you know, that was, that was a really good moment. They had, but, so I just want to say but it was dude, only a moment. Right, though. He, yeah, because then she says, as soon as we go back down the hill, it turns back on. You know, so. Doesn't well, last. Mike has to grab these little moments because he doesn't have much time for That's little true. moments like this. So, like uh, Jamie Foxx in Collateral, when he has having a rough day, he looks at that photo of the island yep. on his visor. Just he goes just for a couple minutes, just to you know. Um, so my, I was right. The tracker's not in her ass. 
folks. Yeah, you're right. Crazy you and Brent and, you know, come on. <laughs> that's an asset. That's an asset. That's, you're not going to put the tracker in the asset. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but one thing that I liked is when Mike pulled over to take the tracker out of her, mm-hmm. I was th- I was like, is he pulling over into his own driveway? Did you see? I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was his own driveway. And then he it's kept like, driving. So I'm like, dude, the tracker. Yeah. They're going to know wasn't. where you're freaking. Uh, okay. You know yeah, what I think? Maybe we shot the same place. That's what I think. He, I think that, that they pulled over in the same shooting location as where he pulls to dig in the field for Milo. I think that's the oh, same r- little road. Mm-hmm. that they, you you know, because you figure that they're just like, okay, we have permission, you know, we know where to put all the equipment. Like, let's just, let's just do this, have them pull in and do this scene real quick. You know what I'm saying? It just, it seemed like it was familiar, but I'm glad that doesn't happen. Cause how many movies has, it's like, they're like, get rid of your cell phone. Well, we're already here. <laughs> like, yeah. It's too late. Um, that was brutal too, though, man. I mean, God, they, it's so interesting. I think the way they have really used, it is going to sound wrong when I say it, but the, the way they have used her body in this series, right? Mm-hmm. We're introduced to her naked. We see her stripping. We see her raped. We see her in the bathtub naked oh, we see the go from this pristine porcelain like doll right to this beat up where even the guys who were buying her was like damn right like and yeah. yet she maintains right she has her up she has her down but in that last time she ha- she has this way of cutting through it and speaking to the real truth of what's happening. And I think that that's what attracts Mike. It has nothing to do with her sexuality, her beauty. It's her intelligence and the way that she could almost philosophize on the life that they're living, I think is something that is almost like they have like a soul connection over that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's like her voice, like the way she speaks you, after, after she goes through something, you don't expect her to have that voice that yeah. she has yeah. and the intelligence and everything. you just feel like she's going to break down, be a little kid and just cry and just help. But she, she fights through it. But when she speaks, it's like it. her, what I'm trying to say is, the way she looks on the surface isn't what's inside. Yeah. And Don't judge a book by and its that's cover, what's a, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because every time I'm like, oh, this poor girl, you know, and of course, even no matter what, you're still that way. But when she speaks, it's like, damn, you know what? She's a lot stronger than you think. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they broke her. Was that her way to get out? As anyone would be, though, right? Like, that's why I think it's interesting that they show her vulnerability, but but she's strong. And any, the strongest person would be broken by something like that. You know, it's not, there's no, 
it's silly, you know, the kind of macho, I could be, no, you're still a human and her humanity shines through great acting on her part. I really, I would, I would say we'll probably see her at a, a bunch of other things because I mean, she is beautiful, but she is a great actress. Emma Laird. She's, she's like, you know, she, you know, I, I mean, she is a redhead, but I'm like Julianne Moore-esque, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that, I like the caliber. gingers. I am a ginger, so I love yeah. the gingers, baby. It's easy to make, but but I, there's a lot of similarities um, in there. You're right. You know, it just, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of range there. And yeah, uh, yeah she's got a long career ahead of her, so <laughs> good job. Speaking of long, we've been going a long time. I think that we can kind of wrap it up, ending with... Our last scene, which is a kind of symbolic shiving of unity, where <laughs> where um, a black dude hands a knife to a Latino dude who hands it to a white dude who hands it to P-Dog, who then fucking stabs Tim, Sam's uncle, where I mixed that up last, but that's him, right? Yep. Right in the lung kind of heart area, probably killing him. Um, I thought that was, oh, was it? I, yeah, I, I just, oh, I just saw the side, like the oblique. Yeah. I, I didn't realize. I got, think that's how you get them. Right. Is you try to like pop the lung as you go through uh, the side. Cause he was like breathing and you see like blood coming out. Like, right. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I have never shivved anybody, but that's, that's my understanding. You did of, the shimmy. You just haven't shivved. Yeah, I did a shimmy, shimmy, y'all shimmy. Yeah. So I think this was just really a great, this show was shot really well, but this was sh- really done well. The way they show how they kept oh on gosh. crowding around him to keep him in the group, right? It was so interesting. It was like when you see birds form shapes in the air, it was, it was really cool the way they block this out and shot this. It was perfect. And also this symbolic handing of the knife from kind of, you know, group to group. So they all have kind of a part in it, you know, and then P dog gets the final, right. Yeah. And there it goes. And now, you know, the prison's going to be on lockdown again. Is it going to, are we going to have more? We've got two guards killed things. I mean, it's got to be on lockdown. Is it going to come outside? Like it, I mean, is what Mike did. Think about it this way is what Mike did at Duke's going to reverberate because it involves the girl and both the Crips and the Bloods. And are is someone going to think that the somehow the Nazis killed the Bloods to get the girl back, right? Which puts the Crips on top. It's just, it's, a, it's an interesting, I think there's a dynamic there of the gangs that's going to, play into it on the outside and the inside in a way that maybe we haven't considered how it or maybe read. yeah maybe also it may, this could benefit mike because the the you know the the um bloods were coming from dukes with mm-hmm. the girl 
They get shot. Exactly. Could, could that be a setup of like they took them out? Yes. They took the brotherhood out. Exactly. And not necessarily Mike. Yep. And with Mike not knowing this wasn't Mike's plan. Um, but well, it could have been because he, because they found her after. Yeah, Mike could know. Bunny could have told him what had happened. Yep. So it so could, Mike was thinking, you know, could be thinking, oh, I, I might be able to get out of this because. It'll be, oh, yeah, the Bloods took him out, stole a girl, mm-hmm. and then the, there was retaliation. That yeah. could be potentially. And then the cops could come in and be like, okay, we're going we're gonna to sell this. And that's going to unsettle things in the prison. And, and, this, and you know, yeah. whatever had been solidified, and maybe that causes like a whole revolt where the, the, those three groups who were you thought were together are apart, which puts the Crips back on top. And then the next thing you know, you know what I'm saying? So I think yep. that I could just imagine a scene where Mike is like, the one fucking thing I did, I don't get credit for killing those Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get credit for anything. You know, I thought people were going to be happy I did that. But now they're saying that the Crips did it or the Bloods did it. So that's what I'm looking for. In the next episode, uh, We've got so many mysteries. What's going on with the bus? Milo, is Iris really, what's she going to do back at the cabin? You know, is she going to clean? Is she going to have She's going to feed the bear. Yeah, is she going to feed the bear? Exactly. You know, like it's got to be dirty. Mike must live like a slob. I don't know. Like she's going to get back there. She could be like from one slobby place to another. Um, she's used to nice hotels and shit. But I think really... I'm most interested in seeing how the dynamic through the whole town is going to happen. Cause we've been leading it up through the season, right. all these interconnections and that it's Mike's job to keep the, the web together to keep it. He's obviously not doing his job. Shit is really good. What's it going to look like when it really goes to hell? We've only got two more episodes. Yeah. And real quick before we end Axel, Look, can we talk quick about the whole Mike's phone and Rebecca said she forwarded it and then oh, it didn't. Thank you for mentioning that. Cause that that I, I got two theories that his phone's bugged mm-hmm. and it didn't work. That's why. Or could Rebecca be involved? Could she be an informant for FBI? Or I don't know. Like it just She's an interesting character because you think, you know, she's loyal and getting a new office across the street, fresh start. But she she's a little weird. I She's got a weird vibe to her. Why did he need to take her car too, right? Like, what's up with that? You know, is there a listening device? Is Does it track? Well, he switched. He switched the cars because the feds were Oh, I were know, but him. I just mean it's convenient. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? Oh, oh like, in her car. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That's what I mean. Like, he didn't just yeah, go yeah, get yeah, another yeah. car or something, you know? Like, right. he's using her car. You're right. So I could see that, but that I it made me think that, yeah, his phone got um, duplicated, right? Right. Like, what do they call I mean, I've never done it, but, you know, they're always saying in the on tv like someone oh cloned right someone cloned my phone well they do they they also do mention that the lawyer mentions that his phone got dumped but that was a different phone um i i think to, to find it saying hey there was no calls from milo mm-hmm. on your call records 
so I mean, but he switches phones, so it might be irrelevant. But it's just it was weird. It's like when I talk about especially the show with details and everything, that that isn't just a throwaway scene. No. Something's going on there. I agree. I totally agree. Um yeah, we don't know Rebecca. What does Rebecca know about what happened between Mitch and Milo? She was there before. She right? she's got to know a lot. So we there's gosh, I feel like I feel like it would be cool if the next episode starts out like 10 years ago. And Mitch is sitting <laughs> you're there. dying for this so it's not going to pr- Yeah, I want it, man. And then it's like Mitch is sitting there back, like Mike is in jail or something, you know, because there's so much we don't know. We really, it's, whenever we talk about a show, we always like talk about why are we seeing it now, right? Right. Like when we right. came into so many different shows, you enter the show at a specific point, the storyteller wants for a reason. We know that we're seeing, obviously, this whole story is about Mike taking over, but what what else was going on? What led to that? So many mysteries. Yeah, they're, oh. they're, they're in, yeah, and that's like great. That. And that could be a possible second season thing uh, if we do get a second season. Um, but uh, with two episodes left, I don't know. Well, you know, we could we could always you know instead of these Iris <laughs> these long scenes with Iris and uh, Mike talking. They could trim that down and throw us some flashbacks, maybe something that's relevant to what's going on now. Um, or, you know, Taylor Sheridan may not want may not want a flashback. You're getting it in the present bit by bit Though we want to see it. I don't know. I don't know if he would do that, but it's good. You know, you know what? You know what I think they should do solo is they should make a show and they should call it. Kingstown. 2012. <laughs> Kingstown 1883. That's what they yes. should call it. And then we'll we'll see how everyone got to Kingstown. But speaking of that, all right. So I think we've come to the end of talking about Mayor of Kingstown for today, correct? Yes. Amazing. We're looking forward to next week. Let's try to get in a few minutes here if if we might, because we're both very excited to chat about the first couple episodes. There are three online right now on the same Paramount Plus that you can watch the Mayor of Kingstown on. I feel like they should sponsor our podcast. Come on, Cufflinks Paramount, Paramount Cufflinks Plus. (laughs) Um, This show is absolutely, stunningly, surprisingly, for me at least, amazing. I mean... I'm going to let you talk a little bit. I know you're very excited. I was yeah. absolutely blown away by 1883. It is a prequel to Yellowstone in only in name, people. If you have don't watch Yellowstone, you do not need to watch Yellowstone at all to watch 1883. It's simply the so same We recommend family. it. We recommend yeah, it. Yeah, we recommend it because it's a great show. But, but if you're caught between, oh, do I have to watch yes. 1883? Because I don't watch. You do not have to. You can dive right in. Not at all. It's just the same family 140 years earlier. And this ain't Game of Thrones. So you're not learning about like mythologies of dragons or some shit. It's just people. And it's basically going on the Oregon Trail, right? Headed out west. 
And it's the most realistic, yep. brutal, beautiful show. I was just blown away, man. Yeah. So the last time we pod, I had not watched it um, yet. Uh, and then actually after Yellowstone, Paramount, if you have uh, Paramount Network, they, they showed the first two episodes uh, the last consecutive weeks. Uh, yes. And like Axel said, there's a third one on Paramount Plus right now. I've only watched the first two, but man, I, at first I was like, it's Taylor Sheridan. I'm going to check it out at some point. But then I was like, I don't know. But then you were like, dude, the pilot's amazing. So I'm like, all right, all right. I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch it. I, it looks good. Um, and then within like three minutes, I was hooked. This show, again, details. It's one of the best probably the best show pre 1900 I've ever seen. <laughs> I guess F troop would be up you know, comedy, but no, but seriously, the acting is amazing. Tim McGraw. I, I didn't know he could act this well. I know he's a great country singer. His pops tug was, you know, pitcher in the major leagues, Phillies. Um, I didn't realize he could act like this. You know, faith Hill's great. The young actress playing his daughter is like got a Jennifer Lawrence slash Danish Eastern European mix. She's She's phenomenal. She's got a most beautiful creature I've ever seen on a camera type of. I mean, she is. I mean, she is. She's stunning. And absolutely. She's great. And that's I mean, I mean, that's like we're talking about Iris absolutely stunning narrates the show her voice her acts the accent she uses is so great and in the show too she's just a great actress she is going to be like a huge star i know she was on a couple other shows um, okay but i think this will really propel her to a different level man yeah my wife's in love with her too like she's like this is the reason why i'm watching the show my wife loves the show i mean it's just the show in itself. Watch it. I'm telling you, you will get hooked and enjoy. This is a masterpiece in the making. Yeah. And we're not just blowing. We don't just me and Axel don't blow smoke. If we don't like something like La Brea or Manifest or something, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you know. Um, Wait a second. You don't like La Brea? No, I just watch it. I, I like love it. it. I've seen it. every episode. I know it's terrible, but I'd still love I, it. Yeah. Um, Dude, Claude and Justin did a podcast commentary on Mr. Podcast Feed. They watched the first episode and they're big lost. Are you serious? It's hilarious. Dude, it's hilarious. Okay, I have to download that. You they're got it. You got It's like an hour. It's like two hours, but they, they, they're the lost low down. Yeah, it's under Mr. Podcast. Oh, okay. Mr. Um, podcast. But these guys, Claude and Justin, uh, lost podcasters. I just, just, just love them. They're just hilarious. And, and it's a different type of po- podcast. You got to love their personalities to go, but they, but they're really smart as well, but they, their reaction, I was waiting. Oh, are they going to realize Cindy is in that scene? You know, as the, as the military person, are they going to comment on the loss mention? And they're like, Oh, we mentioned Lost in the show, so it's okay to rip it off. Like, it was yeah. it's hilarious. But anyway, back to 1883. Love the show. Sam Elliott is fantastic. The whole cast uh, is just remarkable. And it, it's such, it's beautiful. It's just, 
oh man, I didn't think I'd be in the mood for pre 1900 series, but damn, I am now. Yes. Um, This show, which is really has a very, you know, if you were to describe the mayor of Kingstown, it could be, you know, there's a town with prisons and that's about the, it could get a little deep. This show is very simple. A family and a group of German immigrants come together to travel the trail to the West in 1883 America. That's it, folks. It is the one thing that you've talked about how awesome, but I want to talk about how absolutely horrific, brutal, scary this show is, but also in our time right now where we're living with Corona and there's been a lot of loss in this country, right? Almost a million Mm -hmm. people have died. Terrible, right? And we're still arguing and with each other, blah, blah, blah. This show puts into perspective a a time when you didn't have an opportunity to argue about whether something was real or not because the reality was life or death. And even though that is true with Corona, our modern world has a way of us feeling more safe and more comfortable in shying away from what's really happening, right? And creating our own world and watching 1883 and a place and a time which there is, you can do nothing but face the real world is very almost, it's, it's kind of cathartic actually. It's scary because they're dealing with so much death and so much of nature just wreaking havoc with them at a moment's notice or other humans. But it's cathartic in the sense that it makes you kind of appreciate what's real. And that's, that's something that Taylor Sheridan, I think is really great at is his connection to the land, to animals, to the very real things, the work people do, the everyday jobs people have. It highlights what the what's real, what's important, and that's what this show for me. Why I think I'm ready to say. I mean, I think it's the best show on TV right now, and I think that 1883. Again, I'm only about two and a half episodes in, but I think I'm ready to say this show is in contention for the best show on TV. And I know people love Succession, and I love Better Call Saul. I think that's the best show on TV. But I think, gosh, if there's any antidote for a show like Succession about a bunch of billionaire jerk-offs, it's a show about real people just trying to have a good life, just trying to start something new, and about also the origins of our country and the type of people who made America, who were brave, sometimes sadistic it just the rules were not as firmly entrenched <laughs> and no. that's something that 1883 shows and like you said too Sam Elliott amazing i mean he's always great but this is re- this is him at his best yeah this is his wheelhouse yes this is his retirement show whatever you want to this i mean he's played great characters been amazing throughout his career but this is like his element. It's perfect. Totally. And the complex character that he portrays is remarkable. And I mean, just this time, just knowing that 
if people want something from you, they'll just come and get it. They'll kill you, rape you, whatever, to take what's yours. And there's no cops. There's no, it just, a lot of people, the morality, I mean, it, it's savage, savage land. And, and it opens your eyes to it that, you know, even when I watch that show Rome and, and think about when they're traveling and they're just grabbing women and having sex with them random, you know, and different things and killing people. It's just like, it's crazy. And even this time, you know, especially out in the West where, where it's unsettled and there's a lot going on, um, you know, you could get killed. I mean, you could get killed at any time. Anytime, man. It's like every time Tim McGraw, every time Dutton leaves his family to go do something, I'm like, I'm afraid for them because someone's Mm going to show up and sure enough, you know, something kind of did in episode two, but like, it just, it, 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 it's a scary time. And I'm just, we're very fortunate to be, even though the world's not perfect and it can be rough at times, it, man, there's a reason why life expectancy is like 30 or 40 back in those days. And you know what, Solo? There's a reason why we live in our phones and TV and and why yeah. our whole country and the whole world, the the culture of storytelling and and fiction is what illuminates and I mean brings down empires and such now is because the brutality or really is it brutality or is it just that's the way the world is, right? That's nature. We see it as brutal. We attribute. Uh, I was True. having a conversation with Lachlan the other day when he was saying there's so many bad things happening. I said, Lachlan, they're not bad. They're challenging. From challenges, you can get stronger or you can get weaker, right? It's your choice. Right. You have to work through it. You can't. If you frame everything as bad or good, that's the way you'll see it. But if you really look at the world, there is no such thing as good, bad, evil, whatever. It's 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 your perspective. The world just is what it is. And that's the same thing in 1883 when a guy tries to push a wagon from the middle wheel and gets crushed by the back wheel. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's life, man. And not even to mention, I'm not going to we're not going to spoil. But let's just say in the second episode, there are cameos oh yeah and one of them is great and awesome and takes you by surprise and cool and one of them is what i think is maybe emmy award potential for like the best five minute cameo that i've seen in a tv show in like 10 years and this person takes over the show and it's amazing but it also has repercussions for our main characters. And that's the thing, man. Gosh, that Tim McGraw is some actor. Dude, I had no idea. I no mean, had, idea. He, had he acted in other yes, stuff? Yes, many things. And I've seen him. Oh, okay. in, yeah, and I've seen him in stuff, too. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Dude, he's been acting for years. But oh, okay. Because I remember, um, what's the other country singer, not as handsome one, that was in Sling Blade? And he... That's the one I remember doing a lot. Oh, damn it. Um, oh, the guy who's married name. to um, Julia Roberts, that dude? Um, no, not Lyle Lovett. Lyle no, Lovett? no, no. Yeah, no. Not. Oh. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he's a good actor. Uh, but I, I love his music. But no, um, ah, God darn it. He was in Sling Blade. But anyway, he was a, you know one of the first country singers that I saw as an actor. And he, he's good. He, pl- he plays... 
he usually plays like a bad guy or a drunk or something, but he was pretty good. But I didn't realize Tim McGraw. Not- I wouldn't have recognized Tim McGraw. That's the other to thing, be honest too. With you. The cool thing about this show is just like in Lost, where they kind of look dirty a lot, they do a great job of people just looking unshaven, dirty, natural. You couldn't even tell it was him, man. Yeah. And then um, did you know that he's Tug McGraw's son? That's what I just said. Yeah. um, Earlier. Yeah, Tug McGraw, the pitcher for the Phillies. I, I, pr- I probably just bl- it probably went past me because I'm not a big yeah. baseball guy. I was just saying because no, no, no. I know you like baseball. Yeah, no, no. His pops is a good closer for the That's Phillies. That's cool. But, dude, he was in a, a ton of stuff. He was in The Blind Side, Tomorrowland, Friday Night Lights, Flicka. He w- he's, he's been acting okay. for quite a long period of time. But huh. I guess, I mean, I haven't seen The Blind Side and Tomorrowland was... Uh, I did it. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is in the blind. He's great in the blind side. Yeah, see? Yeah, he's good. He's good in that. But but this is his role, right? I mean, this is made for him. I mean, or he made it. Either way, he's phenomenal. I love this character. Well, I just oh. found a piece of trivia. Did you know that Tim McGraw didn't know who his father was until he saw his birth certificate when he was older? When he was 11. Oh, the, oh that I didn't know. Yeah. As a child, he idolized pitcher Tug McGraw and had his baseball card taped to his bedroom wall. When he was 11, he learned that Tug was his actual father. Oh, jeez. What a story. Why isn't that a movie? And then he becomes Tim McGraw, most famous, like super famous country singer and act. Wow. Yeah, and his wife's Faith Hill. I mean, talk about and talk about about a life that, and she's such an actress too, man. Well, and they've they've made her look try not to make her look as that's pretty difficult, and it's very difficult. But yeah, every time I see her, I'd be like, "Hey, Jack, it's a fact that shows back in town (laughs) when she did the Sunday Night Football." The Cowboys in the Giants are blowing the damn. Oh my God, they've changed that song so many times. <laughs> they should just have you sing it solo. <laughs> oh yeah, me and my bathrobe would be a right? sight to and see. You just dance around, and then you crack open a beer at the end and go, "Yeah, yeah." Um, Back to you, Al. This is dedicated to the Parlay Kid. Um, all right. Yeah, my boys. Cousin Sal yeah. won solo some money this weekend, baby. Yeah, wow. 20 um, to 1. All right, mm. man. Gosh, we could just keep on talking. This was fun. But 1883, watch it, people. No joke. Watch it, baby. It is. And I do love Yellowstone, but Yellowstone is like. Yellowstone is super fun, super awesome, but it is kind of soapy, a little bit. Yeah, it's of that, got the soap element. Yeah, to dynasty it. with guns, kind of. You know what I mean? But 1883 is not like that. It is, I total different show. Total straight up drama. There is yeah. no. It goes for realism in every aspect, and the like. The, the plots are really just like we got to we're on the trail. So it, it has such a propulsive nature to it as well. Just I can't really uh, I think both of us I'm gonna, can't tell you more to watch I'm going to sum it all. I'm, I'm going to sum it all up, Axel. In the world of film and television, you, you have to make a show 
that appeals to all the masses, right? To be successful. You know, Yellowstone has that. It's got everything a sh- you need in a show to attract a big viewership. All ages, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mayor of Kingstown and 1883 are more scaled down. And my parents wouldn't, wouldn't enjoy Mayor of Kingstown. It would be too brutal for them. 1883, they might, but my dad loves Westerns, but it could be too, you know, they're more the CBS kind of demographic. Yellowstone has a little of that, but it has a lot of appeal to it where my aunt and uncle love it. My parents love it. I, I mean, we love it. But these shows are more, they hit home the harsh reality. They're a little more, they're tougher to watch for some viewers. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, so it's almost like, you know, hey, Taylor Sheridan's done right. He, he established the Yellowstone, the Yellowstone. I'm talking like an old person. The Yellowstone on the Paramount Plus. Um, and now he's, do, you know, which is a great show. I love it. But his spinoffs, now he's like, ah, I can do a show like this. May not get as many viewers, but it's going to be a freaking critics exactly. darling. Exactly. You know, you know, and, and 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 so he's doing it right. He's building an empire, and I hope someday to be part of that. And also, real quick, Rebecca from Mayor Kingstown, we said she was in, you know, brief in the pilot of 1883. She played a lawyer last week on Yellowstone, so she's got the trifecta. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, she she was in 18, and also. Did I mention, I think I mentioned it on the FB page, Joe, that Taylor Sheridan is in 1883 for like two seconds. I missed it. I missed it. Wait, it what part did he play? Tim McGraw enters, uh, I think, what is it? San Antonio or something? The, the town that they're in. Fort Worth. In, Fort Worth. Sorry. They're in Fort Worth. When he's walking down the street, two guys race horses down the street, and that's Taylor oh, Sheridan. Okay, that's Taylor. Okay, yep. Okay, I can recognize. I mean, he's such a he has like he's just like a freaking spark plug dude. Like he is like, Ugh, you know what I mean? Like he's all muscle, oh, dude. And you can see him on that horse. He has a distinctive from watching him on Yellowstone so much. I can see the way oh, he kind of sits on the horse. Um, and I, and as soon as I, I was like, oh my God, that's Taylor. Sheridan. And he goes down the road and then he walks down the street and there's Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So it's there. It's like within a minute or so that they're both on the show. Um, and yeah. And also 1883, just like Kingston Yellowstone, amazing character actors, like someone, they, they walk up, they start talking to someone. You immediately want that person to join the show. Yeah. You know, um, like those are those two dudes. Exactly. Like, honestly, yeah. at first I was like, okay. But then as you go, if like, you know, we're going to like these guys. Yep. They're good. They're di- their dynamics. Good. And I love the stuff with the daughter and, and that whole thing. It was very like, well done. It wasn't like, I just want to have sex with you. It's like exactly. he's he's courting her yeah. in a nice in a respectful way, and I and I like that, and I hope that you know, um, and you know it's good to see in this harsh world some nice humanity it's like just that. A little you know? bit of beauty in these here hills, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> see the love but, between us. Oh, what a show! My what God, show. I'm so hooked. Two I'm great so hooked. shows, so folks. You got two great podcasters. Oh, wait a minute. No, we're not. Two great podcasts that go 
together. There are a lot of shows covering 1883. We considered it, but uh, I don't know. We got it. We got to. We got to see the mayor. Maybe we'll have another check in with 1883. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll you know, on the on the DVR podcast network daily DVR. We'll we can in. always cover some stuff. Yep. Uh, right now, we're committed to Kingstown, and um, so and it's going to end soon. Don't I want to tell everybody? Don't forget next Saturday. If you all are oh, yes. still listening to this this chat at the end of the show, <laughs> we're going to do a live Facebook a live stream and talk about the best shows of 2021. We're going to have I'm going to be there. Heath's going to be there. Our man Mike from One Mike on the YouTube's going to be there. Hopefully, we're going to get Bubba is going to come out from the Double P Podcast. Oh, Network. that'd be awesome. I think Jenny's going to join us. I hope Gina joins us. DJ. I hope Ando's going to be there. We're going to have a whole crew. I got to get the list coming in this week. I'll put on the Facebook page because then Andy, I hope, will collate them. So then we, we're we going to have so many people, we can't all do our list. We could be like, you talk about this show. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. We could right. each kind of maybe sell a show to each other, why we think it's the best show of the year. But um, I'll tell you what, right now, 1883 is going to be on my list, baby. High up. So there. even though... Even though 1883 say we'll have four episodes in 2021, because it premiered in 2021, it's considered a 2021 show. That uh, in my rules, I Is say yes. A, in your rules, okay, yeah. okay. Because I'm also going to have a show that that premiered two years ago on my list. Because I'm pulling a full Anna. I'm going full Anna on this, baby. Well, wasn't was it someone's son did that? It's it was shows they're watching now. <laughs> oh no, it was it, oh, no, it was uh, it was um, yes, I it was was it somebody? Because I remember the Office was on there or something. We're like, oh, you're like, oh, this is cool. No, it's a I list of what it, you're watching. This year, uh, I'm not. I I don't know if I remember properly. But I was gonna say Ando's kid, that. but probably not because they're no. too young, right? I think somebody. Yes, yeah, somebody. Somebody sent him the email of their yes. list, and, and their son or daughter that. sent their list. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I like that. I like that. Or maybe it was. Wait, was it Claire? Was it Andy's wife? I think maybe it was Claire that did that. I don't remember, yeah, but it was someone. You know I think that counts. Because in the age of streaming, if you happen upon something, it happened for you that year, right? We're going to be subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can add stuff like, yeah, if you binged the whole series exactly. of The Office, yeah. thought it was the greatest thing, that was your favorite show of 2021. It doesn't necessarily have to be a 2021 show, even though I, I, keep, I try to keep my lists. What I'll do is my top 10 will be 2021, and under my honorable mentions, I'll mention oh. a show that... Okay. That's how I do it. Ooh. But it's okay. Oh, wait. Maybe we should just create a separate category called your not your favorite show that didn't air this year, but you watched it on streaming and you like it a lot. Is that too yeah. long? Or, it's a yeah. little long. For <laughs> it's, it's, it's long, but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe a top five of those or top three hey, and then a show, top baby. 10 for 2020. We could do whatever the hell we, we want. It's our rules. Want, man. We got P-Dog on our side. Do we? I don't know. I hope. Do are you sure about that? I don't know. I'm jo well. I'm joining his side. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna join. I ain't messing with him. He's cool. All right, people. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. You can become a patron at patreon.com/dvr. You can email us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. And again, please, 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 please get excited. Get hyped. Because guess what, baby? 
we got a murder what? to solve solo i heard there was a there was like a murder or mystery in some place that you may be having a movie coming out what's that again oh star city the star city murders <laughs> 2022 if you like kingstown yeah. if you like east town if you like mine hunter and true detective you'll love the yes. star city murders we're still in post-production uh depending on when you're here in this pod but 2022 baby we will let you know uh every episode hopefully you know over the next several hopefully by spring we'll have a nice trailer to premiere uh, ooh, i'm getting excited now yeah I so like lots to talk about Post has taken a while, but it, it, we, we want to make sure this movie's perfect. Yeah. So I'm not. We're not going to just go through it fast just to get it out there. We want to sell this thing and get this thing on maybe like Paramount Plus exclusive movie. I think it would fit right in Paramount Plus. I like it, baby. All right, thanks so we'll for see. listening, everyone. Right. Solo, you're the best. Love you, baby. All right, you too. Get back, JoJo. Hey, Jojo was a man and thought he was a man.